Hey you guys, I'm Cynthia Beaudry and this is the Peace of My Mind podcast, P-A-C-E. Thank you so much for joining me this time. I'm so excited to be here with you today and to share with you something that has just really impacted me this past week. And I hope and I pray that you are encouraged and that as I share a piece of P-A-C-E of my experiences with you, that you would hear a glimpse of God's heart and love and are encouraged um, by that. So yeah. I had, you guys, I had no idea. April 1st, it was National Autism Awareness Day. And the reason why this gave me pause this year um, was because I do have an autistic niece myself. And also recently, I just found out that one of my really good friends, she has this beautiful ministry that she's doing with her painting and artwork. And I purchased one of her portraits. And when she sent me the portrait through the mail, she included a a little handwritten note that said, um, thank you for supporting my art. Every time you're, every time my art gets purchased, um, the proceeds go to enabling me to allow my son to receive my autistic son to receive therapy. And so I I was like, wow, it gave me pause. I had no, first of all, she's a really good friend of mine. And even though I haven't seen her in many years, we still keep in contact and on social media, but I had no idea that her son was autistic. And so I was like, whoa, I didn't know this. You know, that was like, a surprise to me and um and then I didn't know that the one of the ways that she's trying to minister and bless grow shepherd parent her son is by and put is by putting him into therapy and the for his autism and, and the way that she's paying for that is through her artwork being I mean <laughs> I just saw that and I was just so blessed it blessed me so much to know that she's using her gifts to gift to someone else She's using her, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can say that right. I want to word this just perfectly. She's using her gifts to be a gift to her son. I mean, uh, her son is, her son is a gift to her. And I, I, you know, I can't even put it into words. This is too profound for me, honestly. It really is. And so that just gave me pause when she sent me this beautiful portrait. And I just, I I was like, whoa, one, I had no idea her son was autistic. Because I know that that comes with challenges. And that's, um. And that it kind of throw, throws a curveball in your, as a parent when you're your first, your first child. You know, it's a big deal. And so I had no idea. And, <clears throat> and, uh, and then I, I had no idea that she was using her art to, to make a difference in his life. And then the, to also bless me and other people with this beautiful, you know, create, creative paintings. Gorgeous, you know. I'm actually going to... Um, I'm actually post all of her information with this, wherever this goes, if it goes on my website, my blog, Spotify, whatever, I am going to post her, her links. And so please consider supporting my friend. So that way she can continue um, using therapy to, um, to give to her son with autism. So her, the name of her, um, guest company or, you know, her ministry is called Amazing Creations. And, um, and again, I'll post all her information, wherever this is, wherever you're, you're landing at to hear this right now, um, there'll be links for her, for her artwork. Okay. So during Christmas, um, I don't get to, I don't get to spend time with my family that often, especially when Brian and I were living in the Pacific Northwest. That's like, that's like the other end of the U S and then my family's in Florida, which is like the other tip of the end of the U S. And so it wasn't very often that we got to spend time with them. But now that Brian and I are in Alabama, guess what we did? We drove to Florida 
because it's like eight or nine hours like whoa come on that's amazing so we got to drive to to florida for christmas as a surprise to my mom and my sisters and my nieces and um i knew that my my niece is autistic but i've never seen her i haven't seen her since she was born it was two years she's like she's like all grown now wait she's three three years ago oh my gosh i'm losing track of time whatever it's getting i'm getting old but i knew that she was autistic but i haven't i haven't seen her since she was um since she was born and that's been a long time so we got there brian and i and it was beautiful i got to see my mom and she was crying i should actually post a video of her i i mean i'm gonna do that i'm gonna post a video of her when she saw us because it is too precious it's like one of those videos that you would see and like it's all good on Instagram and just makes you cry. But she was really happy. And at first my niece is um, the one with autism. My first my niece was kind of curious and like wondering and kind of test looking or looking at us, scoping us out. Um, and then she hit a wall and had a meltdown. She had this absolutely horrendous meltdown. I felt so bad for her because she looked like she was in pain she was screaming and wailing and she had to like rip off her clothes because she couldn't have anything touching her she couldn't have anyone touching her and you know brian and i don't we didn't take we didn't take that personally at all and that's one of our prayers is when we when we are around people we are not there to take from them we are there to to give a be a blessing and to give a blessing and so we don't take things personal this things is not it's not about us um, and I just realized I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit to give, um, wisdom, grace and patience and understanding because I just sat there and I just prayed for her inside my heart because I knew like Brian and I were a disruption to her routine and her safe world. And she had a meltdown and she's kicking and screaming this, and she doesn't have the words to articulate what she's feeling. And, and that's intense and, and frustrating. And I would have a meltdown too. And so I just was like, you know, family, listen, don't, because I think my my family might have been a little bit embarrassed or or just kind of like didn't know what, what to do. Like they want to spend time with us, but also know that she's she's going through her own issues and they want to be there for her. So I, I just told my family, look, we don't take this personal. I think she's upset because we disrupted her routine. That's not something that happens to her every day. Um, and, you know, we can go and come back later after she's rested. So um, but it was something that I got to witness firsthand. I got to, I, I was impacted by my niece's autism. And so I've been praying for her and I've been praying for my sister to find resources so she can continue to parent her well. So anyway, April 1st, not April fools anymore. Just, just wipe that off your mind. It's not April fools anymore. April 1st is autism awareness day, national autism awareness day. And I found something and one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here today to give um, a preface, a preface, a preface, preface to um, something else that I'm going to be putting on this podcast episode is I wanted to come on here to, to just share a preface of of what. <laughs> Let me start this again. Hold on. OK, so one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here and give this preface, preface to <laughs> To what I'm about to play next on this podcast episode is because I, I wanted to talk to you guys about autism and how I was how, how I've been impacted by autism, um, and more so this week because I got that artwork from my friend and then it was National um, Autism Awareness Day, but I'm gonna be playing a an audio of oh man this guy okay so normally my like heroes in the faith they're usually dead and for me that's safe because. A dead hero in the faith can't change their theology and they can't fall into, they can't have, you know, moral failures. <laughs> so 
dead people are okay. <laughs> like, um, Andrew Murray, like I read his stuff. He's one of my heroes in the faith. He is dead and he can't change his theologies. His book has been written. He can't write a new book saying that he didn't, he doesn't believe what he wrote in those other books. So safe. <laughs> that's my, so that's my tip for you guys. Find heroes in the faith that are dead. And there's also heroes in the faith that are still alive. Um, I, I consider like Francis Chan, like I love listening to him. I, I think he's, his heart is humble and, and I will, I will sit and listen to him and I respect him. Um, my pastor at my church at West Huntsville Baptist, um, Scott, Pastor Scott, I forgot his, oh, his gospel. And I consider him a hero in the faith. He's been pastoring and serving faithfully for, I don't even know how long. Uh, this other person though, this other person is very, very sweet and special to me because I know them personally and I've known them personally since I've gotten saved. I, I met someone that actually, you know what? We got time. Uh, we got time. Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back before, before I became a Christian. Okay. I was demonically influenced, oppressed, possessed. I don't know. But it was not good. It was not a good look, you guys. Before I knew Jesus, I was tormented. I was in torment and I would torment, okay? And it was, like I said, it was not a good look. I had a friend who prayed for me diligently for two years. He prayed and prayed and prayed. And he would witness to me. He would buy me Bibles. He would send me gospel tracts. He would send me gospel cassette tapes with sermons on them. And um, I, I would listen to, I would take a tape and I would put it in the thing because, you know, I was a little bit curious and I would listen to it. It'd be Pastor David Wilkerson. If you don't know who that is, look him up on YouTube. Pastor David Wilkerson, he's passed away now. So if you want to make him a hero in the faith, you have full my full permission because he's dead. Um, <laughs> so I was listening. He gave me a cassette tape of David Wilkerson. I put it on and I really felt as soon as I got, I heard the guy's voice. I, this doesn't happen to me now, obviously, because I have the spirit of the living God dwelling in me, right? But as soon as I heard Pastor David's voice, it was like every demon in me started like gnarling and like getting so uncomfortable. And it just felt like I just needed him to stop talking. David, I was like, David Wilkerson, shut up. Like, just be quiet. I cannot hear your voice. And so, nope, <laughs> took that tape out, destroyed it. Bye. Don't like it. I'm not, not listening to it. Okay, poor, poor my friend who spent money on <laughs> on all these Bibles and cassette tapes and, and and videos and gosh, I mean, bless him, bless him, bless God for him because I'm I'm a Christian now because of because of the work that he did, his faithfulness to show up in my life as God's representative. But he did give me a tape, a cassette tape of someone from Alabama. And he was like, this guy is not a pastor at our church because he was going to Times Square Church in New York. I was in Florida at the time. And the reason why I was in Florida was because I was like the demoniac, like constantly cutting myself. And I needed to be under supervision 24 hours a day. So I had to go. I was already living on my own. But then I had to go back to live with my grandma because I, I was I was out of my mind. You guys literally I was like the demoniac for real, like hurting myself and all these things. And so I was in Florida, but my friend was in New York and he was going to Times Square Church. He had just gotten saved two years earlier. And then when he got saved, he was just like on fire and just was like, the one person that I know that needs Jesus the most right now in my life is Cynthia. And so he just made me his, not his, I wasn't like his project, but his, the object of his evangelism. And, and I'm so grateful for that. So 
he was <laughs> he sent me the tape and he's like, hey, this set, this guy, he's not actually a pastor at Times Square Church. He's a visitor. He's a, he's a visiting pastor and he preaches every, you know, so often, every six months, twice a year, a couple times a year. And he's from Alabama. And he says, Cynthia, when I when I heard him, I really felt like I should send you the, his his specific sermon. And, you know, I'm like reading this in this letter when I'm like, whatever, like rolling my eyes to the back of my head till it's like, <laughs> it's like I got the whites showing in my eyes. Like I'm like <laughs> looking so mnemonic, you know, but uh, I make jokes because, you know, jokes are the laughing like this is the Holy Ghost anesthesia. It's, it's just a blessing. Uh, it gets our hearts, uh, makes our hearts ripe and softened so we can be disarmed when God does, you know, work work in our hearts and he does hard things anyway but i'm giving you guys all my little <laughs> tidbits and i'm just throwing them all out out there to you because it's been a while since you and i chatted so anyway i hope you're you're following and tracking along and i'm making sense but the guy from alabama rick hagans he um i was like surely whatever i'll humor i'll humor him i'll humor my friend and i'll put the cassette on and I went to my my went into my room, shut the door, put the cassette in the in the tape deck, and started listening to Rick Hagen's. And like I can't even tell you, like within minutes, within minutes, I'm undone. I'm undone because the love of God is in the room, in such a palpable way, and I really felt like in that moment that Jesus wanted to be my friend. And I had never, 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 ever, ever felt that way before. And um, and it made a really big impact in my life. I might put this on pause so you're not hearing me, like, all the tears falling, ASMR crying. <laughs> um, Pastor Rick and his, his voice. And, you know, I told, you know, God uses the most foolish things to confound us. It's like this pastor, this man from Alabama with his accent, like that. I would never think that I'm going to listen. Like, that sounds like something I would not enjoy listening to. <laughs> I was from the Bronx. We don't have country music in the Bronx. I've never heard accents from Alabama. And here this guy from Alabama, he's got this really thick accent. Come to Alabama. He's got this really thick accent and he's he's preaching, but he's preaching the love of God in such a way that that I was undone. I was on my knees. I was weeping. And I really felt in that moment that Jesus wanted to be my friend. Um, and so <laughs> I'm trying to make a long story short, but this is this is a part of my story. And and I'm not I'm not. Uh, this is a part of my story and I'm not going to apologize for that. So it's a piece of my mind, a piece of my story. <laughs> so I go to New York uh, because I'm fast forwarding. I go to New York and taking my glasses off because I got tears um, in my eyes. And when I get to New York, <laughs> I could visit my friend's church because I had, God was moving in my heart and my life. And uh, I was in Florida and I told my counselor, I really feel like God's my psychiatrist, like the, the, the doctor, the doctor. And I was sitting in his office and I told him, I said, I think I'm hearing God calling me to go to New York there's a church there and there's a community of friends that I have that are Christian and, and I want to be around them and I want to check out how they live and I want to check out how the church is. And I really feel like I'm hearing 
God called me to go back to New York. And, you know, as a a psychiatric patient, (laughs) I mean, if I was a psychiatrist and then someone comes into my office and was like, I'm hearing the voice of God, I'd be like, sure you are. Here is an increase in your um, Depco. (laughs) Sign the papers right here. Take your prescription. Yes, and see me again uh, in a couple days because uh, you're hearing things, and that's not good. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of uh, mental illness because obviously I have my own mental illness. I'm just uh, Holy Ghost anesthesia, right? Okay, so uh, he surprised me. You know what he said to me? My psychiatrist said, he says, Cynthia, I really think that that is a great decision for you to do. I, you have, you, he was like, you have my blessing to go to New York and go to that church and, and walk with God. And I don't know if he was a Christian or not. He mu- I mean, he must have been. But, you know, sometimes God talks to through donkeys in the Old Testament. Sometimes he still talks to donkeys in the New Testament life, which well, that's where we're living. But he must have been a Christian. The Spirit of God must have just told him. I mean, I mean, who's going to endorse someone? Who, what psychiatrist is going to endorse someone who's saying that they're hearing the voice of God to go and, and make a decision and their what psychiatrist is going to sign off on that. But he did. He totally did. And so I was able to go back to my family and says, Hey, I got, my doc says that he thinks it's okay. And so I think I'm ready and I'm going to go back to New York because that's where I'm from. And that's where my friends are. And my friends are all about Jesus right now. And so I'm going to check it out. And, um, so I did. So I get to Times Square church. I'm with my friends. I get to Times Square church, Times Square church, uh, like, 8,000 people, three services is huge. There's bodyguards because people try to bum rush on the stage and cause harm. So there's bodyguards. So you can't get up to shake a pastor's hand, preacher's hand. Um, and you know, it's not because they're trying to be standoffish, but there's 8,000 people. Imagine there was, you know, taking counseling, you know, giving counseling to everybody. I mean, it's like Moses in the tents and how he appointed all the elders because he just, it was too much for him. You know what I'm saying? That's just a real thing. You know, you need help and you need boundaries. So this church is huge. I can't like, I have questions about the Bible. I have questions about who God is. And I don't know where to go with those questions because no one seems like they're approachable. They just seem like they're just so far off. I'm listening to sermons and I'm soaking them in, but it was hard. And guess, guess who was the visiting preacher when I went to this church, Times Square Church? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, 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 Rick Hagans. Did I say his name already? Yeah, Rick Hagans. He's the one that, w- that was in the cassette that was preaching with his Alabama accent that he was the only preacher that I could listen to before I got saved that 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 I would put him on and and and, and not, the demons in me could not gnarl and, and thrash and, and be, you know, do riffraff. Something about what Rick, the message that Rick Higgins had was was the message that my heart needed to hear and when i got to time square church the visiting preacher i'm sitting there and i'm like this guy's walking on stage and he starts speaking with alabama accent and i just sat there and i was like oh my god you jesus you did this for me you did this for me really like you knew i was gonna be here at the service and you knew i was gonna come all the way from florida and and try to pursue you because I feel like you're pursuing me and the gift that you're giving me is that the person that that touched my heart first and foremost was him and I'm staring at him right now he's like right in front of me and I was just so blessed you guys am I recording this god please let me know I hope I'm recording this yes it's 13 minutes I'm gonna mess you guys 
<laughs> we're having fun though um <clears throat> lord have mercy let me let me compose myself <laughs> because jesus is so good right you guys like testify with me right now he's so good he's such a he's such a good god he's like, i like him the story gets a little better it gets better like 10 times 100 million times because you know god jesus says whatever you could think or imagine i'm gonna go beyond that you can't even you can't even come close so it gets better um after the sermon I see one of my friends and he goes up there. He starts talking to Pastor Rick. And I'm like, whoa, this guy doesn't have a bodyguard? Um, hold on. I'm trying to find tissues because I'm crying over here. ASMR. I'm sorry. I'm giving you the worst ASMR. I can't find tissues. Oh, I'm using a piece of... <laughs> I'm using a post-it to dry. Thank God this is not a video. I'm a mess. Okay. I see one of my friends talking to Pastor Rick. And then Pastor Rick starts walking towards us. And I'm like, what? Where's his bodyguard? Like, hold up. You mean one of the preachers is actually going to talk to us? Like, that's, you know, like, we're, that's a big deal. Like, for me, I felt like I was a peon. You know, not that anybody told me that. I just, that's, I was just so, so insecure and broken and, and felt unworthy of, of love and affection and attention and, and fellowship, whatever. So the pastor, Pastor Rick Higgins comes walking up with my friend. And my friend's like, hey, everybody, this is Pastor Rick, and he's going to go have dinner with us. We're going to take him to an Italian restaurant, and we're just going to go and have dinner with him. And I was sitting there thinking, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? This person was the, like, I'm not going to repeat everything I said because it's going to be like a 24-hour podcast. But anyway, are you kidding me? You, you know why, right? Oh, my gosh epic story of salvation and Jesus the epic story of Jesus we all have an epic story of Jesus I, you, listen I don't care if you're like Brian where Brian never drank and did drugs and had demons you know he never his, his story does is not like a made for tv drama or telenovela you know but his story is just as powerful because it's the epic story of Jesus it's the epic story of having our soul restored to the creator and the holy one of Israel and so um yeah all of us, epic story of Jesus. We're sitting there having Italian food. It was actually a really good Italian restaurant in New York. So, um, we're sitting there and having dinner, and someone knows Pastor Rick. He started there talking, and then Pastor, Pastor Rick's heart is for evangelism. And I know that now, and that's probably why when I heard his sermon, because he has the he's an evangelist. His gift, God has given him the gift for um, reaching out to people that need Jesus and bringing the gospel in a way that that is tangible and um and that they can accept it and it's makes sense to them that's what evangelist does and and that's exactly what happened to me right so they knew my friends know that about him he's a traveling evangelist and and they said guess what Cynthia just got saved and that guy I'm so excited I mean because he's an evangelist so people new Christians or people coming to the know of the Lord like woohoo that's his sweet spot. And uh, and he was like, that's so amazing. And then he was like, well, what are you like? What are you doing now? Like, how are you growing in God? And and I said, I don't know. Can you tell me you're the pastor? Like, I don't I don't know where to go with my questions. And I actually told him, I said, should I go to Bible college? Because I need to learn about Jesus, because I, I felt like I, was, I had missed out so many years and I needed to play catch up. I just wanted to know God. I just wanted to know about him. I've never read the Bible a day in my life. 
And I, so I was like, Christian college? I was so confused, you know, baby Christian. And <laughs> Rick was like, no, don't, don't go to Christian college because that's going to cost a lot of money. But you know what he said to me? He was like, come to Alabama. <laughs> he was like, come to Alabama. And, and then he was like, my wife loves discipling. She has a gift of discipling young women. And I, I know she would love to, to take you under her wing and sit with you and, and, and grow and disciple you just grow in God. And then he was like, but let me call her first and ask her. <laughs> anyway, that's my story with Rick Hagens. I moved to Alabama. His wife did disciple me. She was so faithful. She would sit down with me and open the Bible uh, several times in the week, we would have tea, like proper Southern ladies. And I would ask all my questions about the Bible. And sometimes she didn't know and we would wrestle through together. But most of the time, she was just a wellspring of wisdom. And really, really, I, she's my mem. Her name is Miss Kim, but she's my mem because she's my mom, Kim, my spiritual mom. She was the first woman who poured into me in such a life-giving way. And I will never, ever be able to pay back or communicate how grateful I am for the work that she did. And so that's my connection to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> my connection to Alabama. Um, one of the re one of the best things about being here in Alabama is that I get to see them not often, but more often enough than when we were in Portland. I think I've seen them like three times now, th three or four times now in this this year that we've been here. Such a blessing and a gift. Anyway, Pastor Rick on April first, he did this video about autism. And this is what I'm going to play next. I gave you that whole preface, preface. <laughs> I gave you that whole introduction. All that to say, um, Rick Hagens, he gave a, a, a beautiful video. He did a, he did a beautiful video on April 1st about autism. And, and more than that, about brokenness and about how we all have special needs, all of us. And how Jesus is, um, is the answer to those needs. And so I'm going to play the video. And so if you're listening to this on Spotify or um, your favorite podcast platform and you want to see the video, you can just go on my blog. I'm going to upload it there. I'm also going to upload the transcript because if we're talking about special needs and, and, and people with disadvantages um, and they can't read, I mean, they can't uh, hear a video or hear this podcast, I'm going to have the transcript written out so, so people can read it because it's a blessing and I, I want it to be shared. And, um, the more accessible it is, the better, especially with the topic that it is about. But, uh, I brambled enough, <laughs> which is funny because pastor Rick, when he does his videos, they're called rambling with Rick. And, um, I know when you hear him that, that you will be blessed too. And, um, maybe I'll come back and give an outro. I don't know because this intro was long enough, but I love you guys. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. And I'm going to play Pastor Rick right now. I, I gave you all my introduction about why he's so special to me. And and um, and yeah, you have an epic Jesus story. And and yes, my friend, amazing creations. I'm going to post her stuff too so you can help her, support her son, um, and give him therapy for, for his own autistic needs. And so that's precious. My heart is just like, this is all so precious. We're precious. We are precious in his sight. Uh, I love you. Bye. Hey, sorry. I'm back real quick. Before I play the video, oh, the audio from Rick Hagen's, which he's one of the exceptions to the rule that I mentioned earlier about 
my heroes in the faith have to be dead. And there's like several of them that aren't dead. Well, he's one of them. He's not dead. And he recorded this on April 1st and he actually was outside. Um, there's like a big courtyard and a fountain. And so people were, you know, playing and talking and there's lots of ambient sounds in the background. So his audio recording is not going to be that great, but I hope that that doesn't, that that doesn't discourage you from pressing in and actually listening to what he's saying. But I just wanted to give that uh, throw that out there that <clears throat> that's why his audio quality is, isn't the same um, because he's actually outside. All right, bye. Well, it's good to be here for Rambling with Rick. I hope some of you friends will be joining in. Normally we meet at 2 o'clock, and today I was actually at 2 o'clock meeting with my sleep doctor, getting my sleep machine adjusted. Uh, but it's four o'clock and I promised I'd be here and I'll be here. You can see here is at the Lee County Courthouse with the Lee County Fountain in beautiful downtown Opelika, my hometown. Bubbling blue for autism today. Today's National Autism Day and uh, I've been invited to be here tonight. It's the, the MC for the night's events, offering up a special prayer and some comments for friends that have autism and friends that are the family members or the caregivers of someone maybe who does have a special gifts child. Uh, I don't like to just say special needs, but special gifts because I've learned through my friends with autism and my friends with, with other special giftings that there's a lot to, to learn from them. Uh, Luann and Jason Helms have a son named Jake who's one of my good friends and uh, Jake will be here tonight as will many other of our Lee County, East Alabama, West Georgia friends that are uh, dealing with uh, autism issues. And so it's going to be a good night. If you got a chance, it'll be at 6 o'clock tonight. We welcome you to come on out. we got all kind of special events. I'm going to be offering up a special prayer. But it made me think uh, of Jake and his special giftings. Uh, Jake was a member of my church when I pastored. And when Jake first came in, I knew who he was, um, but I also didn't know much about him. And so Jake came in to church, and uh, even though he's nonverbal and he would kind of move about, I thought he's trying to say something. And it's my it's my limitations is having a hard time learning what he's saying. So I made Jake one of my ushers at church. He would take up the offering. Uh, if you didn't put money in the plate, he was liable to shake it a little bit extra hard. He also would help me give out communion at times. Some of the most beautiful communions I've ever had will be when I have my special giftings friends help with communion. And, and I've learned a lot through the years. Um, that some of my best friends are people that I have a hard time understanding. That's my problem, not theirs. And probably all of you have friends like that. Maybe not just dealing with autism, but sometimes... Just the differences in our lives make us hard to understand. And we tend to then congregate and segregate ourselves with people who are just like us. Everybody's just alike, just alike, just alike. Nothing wrong with having friends like that, but it does limit you. It does limit you. Uh, at Grace Falls Church, the church I pastored, uh, we had Jake there helping take up with Alfred, who was autistic. We had Anthony, and if you've been around our ministry very long, or around my life very long, uh, you know Anthony, he's a, he's a African-American man who's schizophrenic, 
and has some real mental issues in his head, uh, but he's been my friend. Anthony always tell people, I've known Rick since 1978. So I've known Anthony longer than I've known Miss Kim. And, and Anthony sometimes has a hard time articulating what he's really feeling, but he fascinates me. And I think he's what the Bible calls an angel unaware. My friend Jake is one of those angels unaware. There are people that God sends us in our life, and we don't realize God has sent them to us, not just for us to, to love them, and, and hopefully you do or you will, but to let them love you. And uh, Anthony would love to sing at Grace Falls Church. The people that don't know Anthony would always say, that's so sweet. And I said, it is very sweet. It's always very sweet to have Anthony sing, but it's also very unusual because before church on Sunday morning, right up on the platform, Anthony would come and take the microphone, and he would sing. And usually what he would sing would be, he only knew two or three songs, he would either sing Thriller by Michael Jackson, it's a thriller, thriller. And I thank God I hope church today does thrill us. I hope we're thrilled with your spirit. Not the song you would think of. The other song Anthony would often sing before church was Rick James' famous song, She's a Freak, She's a Super Freak. And guests would go, this is not your normal church. And I said, you better believe it's not. And I thank God maybe we should all be super freaks for you. Maybe we should all do something in our life to thrill you. Uh, I love Anthony. I love Jake taking up the offering in his nonverbal manner. Had another guy that came to our church, um, a local guy I've known since he was a teenager. When he was a, a teenager, it was a, a terrible automobile accident and it left him brain damaged. And uh, part of his, his new world, part of his new reality is my friend thinks that he is Superman. He believes he's Superman. And over the years I've come to realize, you know what? There are some super things about my friend. Uh, it's one thing about him, he's honest. People with special giftings tend to be very, very honest people. They, they are who they are. They don't have the filters and the social mores maybe that we have. That could be a beautiful thing. And my friend, uh, the first time he ever came to church was at prayer meeting, and I would let anybody stand up and testify, let anybody share a word. That's what the Bible says when you come together, if anybody has a word, anybody has a song. So the first time he ever came, he wears a Superman outfit under his clothes, always. For 40 years, he's wore Superman. And so he got up to ask for prayer and at the same time to testify and uh my church members and my guests that were there, they didn't know my friend like I do. And he began to share and he said, Lord, you know those girls I've been looking at in those magazines? <laughs> and we could imagine, hopefully it's reconnecting. We're in downtown Opelika, supposed to be the multi-gig city, and yet it's having a hard time keeping us together. That's just the devil that doesn't want us glorifying God. I said, God made computer glitches so nerds couldn't rule the world. But my friend uh, that thought he was Superman, he said, you know those girls I've been looking at in those magazines? He said, God, you know they need Jesus. They need to be saved. But the Bible says, we're going to work our way through this. I'll speak to the 
mayor tonight about our five gig city and right here in front of the courthouse not even being able to have connections makes you wonder sometimes that maybe there's things that in technology the enemy just says I don't want you to get through but we're gonna get through my friend would say God those girls I've been looking at in the magazine they need Jesus but the Bible says they got to hear the gospel how can they hear the gospel unless they have a preacher. How is they going to have a preacher unless there be someone sent? And then he raises his arms up and said, Lord, here am I. Send me, send me. And we laugh, um, not at him, but with him. This is a beautiful honesty to people with special giftings. And I love my friend. He would always have something the most honest in the world to say. And then there was another friend that came with that group, and uh, she was schizophrenic, and she was also almost deaf. And so she had a hard time even hearing and speaking. She'd speak really too loud because she listened too quiet. And uh, at the prayer meeting at church, I'd always take Anthony and Superman and my other friend, Kathy, um, to Walmart, and I'd give them 5 or 10 or $20, whatever I had. I said, listen... Go buy you something for your apartment. Anthony lives with his mother, but Superman and Miss uh, Miss Kay, uh, they lived in their own special apartments where people watched over them, but they had independent living. And so the first night we ever took her to Walmart, she said, you really going to give me $10, $20? And I think that night it was $10 I had to give each one of them. I said, yeah, and I love to watch them shop. Uh, Superman always bought Dr. Pepper and snicker bars. Anthony would always uh, try to save up his money to buy a Keith Sweat or Michael Jackson CD, but if he didn't have enough of that, he'd buy something soft to eat because he didn't have any teeth. And Miss Kay, the lady that was with me for the first time, she said, I can buy whatever it is. Yeah, buy something that you need for your apartment. And so she went and she bought a big industrial super pack of toilet paper. What's about? And we were checking out that night at Walmart. It's 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Back when they still had checkout people, not automatic checkout. That checkout person. But Miss Kay stopped everybody. She said, I just want to give the glory to God. I've been to church tonight and I want to be, give the glory to God. And she's saying it really loud because this is how she speaks. And she said, Some people say there ain't no God. I'm here to testify there is a God and He loves me. She said, I haven't been able to wipe my behindy. She used another word besides behind. She said, I haven't been able to wipe my behind for a week. And I went to church and hear this preacher is buying me this toilet paper. Glory to God. And I laughed, not at her. I laughed at my own doubt and unbelief. And I laughed at my own filter over my mouth and in my head that sometimes keeps me from seeing things the way God sees things and the way that some of my special gifting friends see things. It was a good night. All those nights were good nights. I still keep up with all the people. I saw Anthony last week. He's been in the hospital and rehab. He got COVID and then he got uh, pneumonia. We hadn't seen him around for several weeks. So I went to his house to find him and, uh, his mother said he's been to the hospital, but he's coming home tomorrow. So the next day I was right there when he came home from the hospital with a big plate of 
Chinese noodles because he can't chew with his teeth and he loves Chinese noodles. And I told him, Anthony, you know who's been missing you? And I was saying, me, I've missed him. He's my friend. And he said, Jesus been missing me. Jesus been missing me down to the thrift store. He hangs out at our thrift store. I said, Anthony, you're right. Jesus has been missing you. He was there with you in the hospital and the rehab, but he's missed you being a part of his body. Do you have people like that in your life? It makes your life better. It makes your life richer. Yes, there's things we could do for them. I could drive. Anthony doesn't have a driver's license. Superman, maybe he could fly. I've never seen it. But he can't drive, so I drive him. Miss Kay can't drive, so I can drive her. And people sometimes tell my wife, Kim, Miss Kim, they say, Rick is a really good guy to spend time with all those people. But Miss Kim knows me too well. She said, no, Rick is not a really good guy. Those are Rick's friends. They're my friends. Anthony's, I would count Anthony as one of my best friends in the world. I've known him since he was 11 years old. I've walked through some dark valleys with him, and he's walked through some dark valleys with me. And we need friends like that in our life. Yes, so we can maybe help them where they are special needs, but they can help us where they are special gifted. It's true. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers uh, and Dale Evans had a special need child. And they wrote a book about that child called Angel Unaware. And they said our child who has special need also has special gifts. And our child is an angel God has sent into our life. Roy Rogers had Trigger. Roy Rogers had Miss Dale Evans. He could sing and rope and catch the bad guys. But there were certain things Roy Rogers said, I can never do without my special gifted child, my angel unaware being there for me. And I was thinking how really Rick and Anthony together is a pretty unusual sight sometimes. Rick and Miss Kay, Rick and Superman. But is there anything more unusual than God being a friend of us? The Bible gives God many names and says many things about him. Jesus in particular, it says he's, he's holy. He's holy. When the demoniac saw him, the first thing he said is, you are so holy. You are so holy. What do you have to do with me? And Jesus is holy. The angels have cried before there was time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy means perfect. Holy means without flaw or blemish. Holy certainly means without sin. And Jesus is all of those things. And when he walked on earth, fully God and fully man, he was fully holy. But he's also fully man. And as fully man, one of those things that it speaks of him, and Matthew and Luke's gospel both speak of him, and they said, Jesus is a friend to sinners. Whereas somebody that's holy is perfect, somebody that's a sinner is, a, is not perfect. That's me. Let's see whether you can admit it or not. You know it in your heart, but sometimes the filters keep you from admitting your liabilities and your brokenness. Nothing to be ashamed of. That's what makes you human. That's what keeps your feet on the ground. That's what makes you a candidate for grace and to become a friend of Jesus. Jesus, friend of sinners.
and all my ramblings and walkings, I've met a lot of people, and most of them I've met, whoever picks you up hitchhiking tends to be a broken person. And all my 17,000 miles of walking, 41 states, a lot of time out on the highways, hitchhiking, hoboing, catching up with other broken people. I think I've had two preachers pick me up hitchhiking. All the other times the people pick me up are alcoholics, drunks. You know what the difference between an alcoholic and a drunk is? An alcoholic taught me this. He said an alcoholic passes out on carpet. A drunk passes out on linoleum. Just broken people trying to fill the gap with alcohol and still being broken. And I learned that those people had a special gift and sometimes it was a ride to pick me up. Many of them bought me a meal. Some of them took me home with them. I've gone home with witches and warlocks. I've gone home and spent the night with drunk Native Americans and drunk gangbangers. I spent the night in trap houses and whorehouses. I was not a customer. I was actually arrested and put in a whorehouse in, a, in Nicaragua. And those were some good nights there, just at nighttime. When business got slow, they'd come into the room where I was locked down, and uh, I would just share the love of God with them. And I found out they had love to share back with me. One lady in particular, I'll never forget, she invited me to her daughter's birthday party. They didn't have a lot. And when I travel, I always travel with Bible and gospel tracts. But when I travel, I travel with candy and toys. Because somebody always, some little kid needs a doll, and somebody always needs a piece of candy. So I went to that birthday party, and the little kid, what he got, uh, what she got, the little girl, what she got from her mother was a little toy soldier, and the arms were broke off of it. It was used, it was battered, it was broken. A lot like us. And I said, I got something for you, but I'm not just going to give it to you. I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to swap you. I'll give you a brand new doll. As a matter of fact, I think I had both Ken and Barbie. And thankfully, they were the dark-headed Barbie, the dark-headed Ken. But she's a little dark-headed Nicaraguan child. And I said, I'll give you this whole toy if you'll give me your broken toy. She's glad to make the swap, but I got the better deal. Because while I, they kept me locked up there for about two weeks before I talked my way out to come home. And when I came home, the last thing I did, I gave the mother my shoes. I got small feet so she could wear my shoes. She's barefoot. And I had that little child, they both went with the little dirt airstrip that we flew out. And I looked at her holding her perfectly good Ken and Barbie, probably Jose. And uh, who knows what she named the, the little girl toy. But they were sitting there together, the mom and the daughter, and I thought I had my broken hero, my broken hero without arms. And God said, Rick, that's the way my church has been too often. The arms have been broken off. They don't touch, and they don't allow themselves to be touched. And that mother and that child hugged my neck when I left. That was over 30 years ago I still remember them I still have the broken toy in my office on my hall of fame I call it 
we need some broken things in our life because it does two things. It reminds us of our brokenness, but it also reminds us that God wants to heal those broken places and he wants to use us to reach out and heal those broken people, whether it be the Anthony's and Superman's in my life, Miss Kay yelling, God is real because of toilet paper. Because I gave her a few dollars for my toilet paper. It was my life that was made more real that night. Jesus, who's holy, 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 and he is, he is, he absolutely is. But he's also a friend of sinners. He sat down and ate with the tax collectors, and the sinners came to him. The prostitutes felt no fear of him. They felt somehow strangely drawn to him. And in our life, I hope, I hope that today, let today not just be known for April Fool's Day. Roll Tide. April Fool's. Let it not just be April Fool's Day. Let it be known for Autism Awareness Day. And not just autism, but for all the special gifted people in the world around you. Make an effort to reach out to somebody with special needs and special giftings. Perhaps you can help them with some of their needs. Be a driver, bring a gift, say a word, be an advocate like my friend Luann and Jason are doing tonight. We're going to have the mayor of Auburn and Opelika here tonight. Both men that, that love both of our communities uh, and love all of us, broken and whole, with me being chief amongst the, 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 the broken myself. Find you some people like that in your life. Find you some people that are specially gifted. Yes, they're different, but part of their difference is a gifting. Find you some friends like that. And help mend and, and help their brokenness, but also let their broken places, let their special needs become your special giftings. Matthew couldn't hug Jesus, holy, holy, holy. He was intimidated by him until he came to know him as Jesus' friend of sinners. Mary Magdalene could not look him in the eyes as holy, holy, holy until he got down on his knees right there in the dirt with her and spoke kind and loving words to her. And then later, she was able to come and wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. Find you some people like that in your life. You may think, I'm the one with the gifts. You may be the one with the need. You may meet somebody and think, they're the one with the need. And over time, like my friend Anthony, you'll find no, they're the ones with the gift. God bless all the broken people, all of us, both gifted and both needy. If you ramble long enough, honest enough, you're going to find that what I'm telling you is true. Ramble on. God bless you.